0: All right. It is 7 p.m. on Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. We are gathered here for our regular evening trustee meeting, uh, first one of the month. I'd like to welcome everybody here. I understand we have an invocation from Reverend Kellums this evening, so I'd ask everyone who's able to stand to please do so and then remain standing afterward for the pledge.
1: Tonight's invocation was submitted by St. Vincent Ferrer. Heavenly Father, as we begin our meeting, we do so with the awareness that without your divine presence here at the center of our meeting, our work would be empty. Lord, grace us with your wisdom and your vision that we might be open to your guidance and inspiration. May all of our decisions be for the good of the township and the citizens we serve. In Jesus' name we pray,
0: amen. 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 Thank you. I pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the
2: Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God,
0: indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thanks, everyone. Please have a seat. <laughs> Mr. Porter, would you please call the roll? <laughs> Mr.
3: Barber, Here. Mr. James.
0: Here. And Mr. Weaver, Present. All right. First order of business is approval of minutes. We have a few things to look at. First, we have the September 21st, 2021 Lighting District Public Hearing Minutes. A motion to approve.
4: And there's a second
0: all right and uh any discussion hearing none mr porter mr
3: la
4: aye mr wheaton
3: aye mr james
0: aye we actually had two sets of uh, public hearing minutes so just for clarity let's separately approve the second one as well is there a motion motion to that? approve
4: and there's a second
0: all right mr porter
4: mr la aye mr james
0: aye mr wheaton aye Next, we have the minutes from our trustee meeting on September 21st. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter.
4: Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman.
0: Aye. All right, with that out of the way, we come to public comments. Do we have anyone signed up to give comments this evening?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, we have three people signed up. Uh, first is Ms. Kathy Kugler.
5: Good Hello, my name is Kathy Kugler, and I live at 7106 Tenderfoot Lane. Um, I'm coming here tonight to speak briefly on an issue uh, dear to my heart, uh, the issue of public safety regarding high-speed chases by the police. Um, in July of 2008, a dear friend of mine lost two grandchildren in Louisville, Kentucky, when they were run over by a, a fleeing car, followed by the police. Uh, those children can, of course, never be replaced. Uh, it was a terrible tragedy, and a friend of mine. Uh, I've read recently of a similar tragedy in Cincinnati, in Covington, where uh, a couple um, on August 2020 died and uh, they were run over while eating outside, again, on a high-speed police chase. Um, so I contacted, their names were Gail and Ray Label, uh, I think it's important to know that this is not a statistic. These were somebody's grandparents. Um, very, very sad. So, I reached out to Lieutenant Tarr, who's, who's not here tonight, uh, and I told him I would be asking about this this evening. I asked him, does Sycamore Township Police, or sheriffs, however you want to call that, participate in high-speed chases, and if so, under what conditions? He was kind enough to send me all of the administrative guidelines, which is a heavy read. Uh, I did read it as best I could. Um, He also, I then asked him, has Sycamore Township participated in any high speed chases in the last year or so? And he kind of gave me a mixed response and I emailed him today to kind of clarify, but he's not here. He was very nice though to work back and forth with me. Um, He said there were no high speed chases this year, but there was one high speed chase. Uh, A vehicle um, had been stolen in Sims Township And I guess it must have been followed up here in Sycamore County. so so I'm unclear about that. Uh, Here's what I would like to ask of the trustees or the uh, police. When would it be acceptable to start a high-speed chase and participate in it? Because we're all at high risk when that's going on. You don't see it coming, uh, and it's at very high speed. You can't react to it. And I know of four people who are dead because of it. and are the trustees informed when these high speed chases, even if they're minimal, do you find out about it? Do you give a report? Uh, because this is a highly dangerous procedure. Uh, so those are, that's what I'm asking tonight, uh, is clarification on when our police would participate or respond to a request to participate. Uh, because I think chasing somebody for a stolen car is not worth it. Uh, a car can be replaced. Uh, These two little girls and those two adults, those grandparents that are dead and gone forever cannot be replaced. Um, So that's what I came to ask tonight. So, thank you. I hope I hear back something.
0: Thank you. Well, it, As you know, public comments is not a Q&A uh, session, yeah. it's an opportunity for comments, but I will note that the board is regularly informed when there's any exceptional police activity or criminal incident or emergency in the township, typically the administrator, the fire chief, or someone else involved will let us know. I don't know if Sergeant Sovereign has any comments about high-speed chases? Is that something the Township contracts with the uh, Hamilton County Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office, Office to, to determine policy. some of those things, of course, but is there a policy as to that?
6: Yes, there is. There's policy that ultimately the decision uh, relies with the supervisor depending on the severity of the incident at hand. Uh, not every chase is a high-speed chase. and certainly when they get out of hand, the supervisor has the option to determine it, as does the pursuing officer. Generally, they involve something that's very serious in nature uh although we don't always know what that is right up front just because someone is being ch- chased for a stolen car doesn't mean that's the only incident in play either so we don't we certainly don't generally uh participate in high-speed chases certainly not for low-level
0: misdemeanor crimes i hope that answers at least some that's of your hilarious. question thank you so much mm-hmm. thanks for elaborating on that okay do we have someone else signed up to give comments
2: yes sir uh next up is miss tracy hughes
0: Let me, let me note before you start, uh, Ms. Hughes, also, I've, I've noticed some members of the public came in or in the lobby. You're welcome to join us in the meeting room here and have a seat if you'd like. Just you. please come on in. Thank you.
7: Hi, Tracy Hughes, 4705 Dunning Avenue. Um, I have questions about some things that happened at the last meeting, and I understand this isn't a Q&A, so I'm just going to say what I perceived happened, and then if someone wants to chime in. Um, so... Uh, in June Jack Flume had prepared a scope of work for a traffic study that he was requesting for Kenwood Road in Montgomery I'm unclear who he presented that to it was my understanding was it prepared in June I think it was presented to the trustees can't I'm Mm -hmm. not positive so so he did this he did not receive any feedback he got on the agenda for last two weeks ago that meeting he started he asked me to be here as um, a resident who was concerned about the traffic. <clears throat> he started his presentation and then was told this had been already been submitted just a few days beforehand to ODOT and I believe Hamilton County. So I just wondered what ex- transpired between June when he submitted it in September. Why, why was there a length of time? If it was important enough, we were if you were gonna pursue a traffic study, um, he wasn't made aware. My understanding, I mean, he is an expert in the field, in my opinion, and he can certainly prepare a scope of work. Was his scope of work, that work was used without, I mean, he didn't know that it was presented. So, is that common practice? Like, if I came and said, I have this suggestion, I wrote this up, you would take my work product and just submit it as the township. I don't know if that's common. Um, so I just am wondering what happened. I have concerns about the timing of it, why it was brought up in June, and then there's action taken in September before he can make another presentation. So um, I thought the timing was a little suspect, and I was just concerned about it. So don't know if anybody wants to respond or I can
3: well, I,
0: I've had those same questions, actually. So I'll ask the question. Tracy, can you explain the yeah, course of the here? So it's,
1: yeah. it's not usual because to have a citizen prepare a scope for us is very unusual. We usually hire a traffic engineer to do that. Mr. Flume was asked by Mr. LaBarbera to to put that together. We all met back in June. That was not submitted in September. It was submitted uh, sometime in July or August. It just takes we reviewed it. We made some slight modifications. Mm-hmm. We sent it to the county. The county takes time to review it. They get back, they send it to ODOT. It's still at ODOT. So mm-hmm. we did not wait till September. Okay, in order for that to be submitted,
7: just sitting in the audience. That was my concern sitting in the audience and listening. I'm like, what what happened here? Yeah. So no,
1: I was told at that meeting to submit and, okay. and to get going. And that's what I did. Okay. So when I found out that they were coming back, because now, uh, two weeks later, after our last meeting, Jack has submitted another scope, which is a little different than the first. So mm-hmm. uh, we're looking over that right now. And I'm, I talked with uh, Jeff Newby at the county also. Okay. About that.
7: All right. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Tracy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who else do we have signed up? Mr. Miller? Uh, last up, we have
2: uh, Ms. Stacy Carpenter.
8: Good evening. Uh, My name is Stacy Carpenter and I reside at 12114 First Avenue, High Point, Ohio 45249. Due to COVID, I was voluntold that I should come and be the spokesperson for this meeting. (laughs) Let me start by saying I was born and raised in High Point along with my father, his father and now my daughter and her family. As a 48 year resident of High Point, I have seen and been a part of watching communal development and social change but i have also seen it divided by drugs and slumlords most of the long-term residents enjoy living in high point because of the community closeness when our families in need the community comes together to help the residents plan neighborhood cleanups benefits kickball games at the park and other events everyone is welcome high point residents work hard to better our lives in our community we may be a lower to middle class neighborhood but we pay taxes and vote just like everyone else I'm here today to speak upon several issues that have been addressed in the past at the formal community watch meetings that were held monthly since about 2018 until COVID hit. First is the drug use trafficking houses. These houses affect everyone in the neighborhood from the young to the elderly. They bring crime, sanitization issues, slumlords and are a nuisance. The definition of property nuisance is use of property that unreasonably interferes with others' rights. A nuisance occurs when a landowner engages in an activity that significantly, significantly interferes with the use or enjoyment of another's property or that affects the health, safety, welfare, or comfort of the public at large. The landowners of these you known drone houses um, uh, know what's going on. Due to the property complaints and all the police calls, Um, does Sycamore Township, since it resides under Hamilton County, have criminal activity nuisance ordinance? A typical CANO ordinance states two or more qualified incidents, or one, if the incident involves certain felony offenses over a 12-month period, will lead to a declaration that a property is a nuisance. Canoes are often re- enacted in response to complaints about the behavior and activity of residents. Documentation of the public discussions surrounding these complaints revealed tensions in their cities. Residents express frustration and their neighbors' behavior and often perceive the city and police response to their complaints to be inadequate. One resident has had 66 police EMS calls as of 9:29:01 in the past three years. Which include disorderly conduct, petty theft, grand theft, receiving stolen property, possession of drugs, numerous, numerous ODs, and the list goes on. On September 24th, around 10:30 p.m., police were called for a disturbance. A lifelong residence of High Point, Eric Whitaker, who resides at 12141 2nd Avenue, was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct and criminal damaging or endangering. I was a witness as were other neighbors, to this incident, and we can justify that Eric was only defending himself and his property. The occupants who called the police should have also been charged and arrested as they, too, were firing a pellet BB gun all day around the neighborhood and driving by looking at residents saying, and I quote, Hold up, I'm about to shoot something, while staring the neighbors down. The police talked with us and we showed them a video of the other person involved having a gun during the altercation with Eric. As they stated to the police they did not have a gun. The police then proceeded to ask why we did not call the police earlier. Here's the reason that I told the police. Nothing ever gets done. Here's an example. The front glass door of my home was shot out in the summer of 2020 by a pellet BB gun. And we had it on camera of the person shooting the gun from the residence. The police proceeded to tell us they could not use the video. I requested a police report be completed and was told a detective would follow up with us. Here we are in October of 21 and I have still not heard from anyone. Numerous police calls have been made. The police come with their lights and sirens. The occupants run and hide. The police drive by, see nothing and leave. The occupants come out and start up again. Then they retaliate against the neighbors, and then we have to defend ourselves. The occupants call the cops, play the victims, and we are the ones who get punished because we don't run and hide. So I say again, why call the police? Since the incident on September 24th, the occupants have been harassing the neighbors. They ride up and down the street from house to house on their bikes, making rude comments and racial slurs. A call was placed to the police on September 28th, at 345, due to racial slurs and harassment, and we requested that a report be written up and charges be pressed against said occupant. In June 2019, the state of Ohio, Brown v. Fabridge, declared racial slurs are chargeable for ethic intimidation, and the Ohio Appeals Court found that the N-word, in an insulting manner to an African-American person, constitutes fighting words which determined that disorderly t- conduct can also be charged. This occupant has since been arrested, but that does not stop the rest of them. It just slows them down. The neighbors and I are sure police and are ti- and the police are tired of dealing with these rest- occupants, with these houses, we're just fed up. We can't enjoy our yards, we can't go outside, we can't let our children drive or ride their bikes in the neighborhoods because we're a fear of being harassed, Or half men to look at them spaced out in their yards and their driveways or act a fool in the middle of the street, knock it out of the road. The occupancies of these residents, they build out out buildings, as I call them, and put up fences, and I use the word fence very loosely, without permits. Numerous tickets have been submitted to Sycamore Township regarding these issues. The buildings and fences are still standing. They burn their trash and garbage in the middle of the night where everyone's sleeping, which leaves ashes all over the neighbors' cars and their homes. The second issue is the homeless in the addicts. They use the community park on First Street as their landing spot. They use behind the park, which is the old railroad tracks, and the commercial building to sleep, do drugs, have sexual relations, use the restroom. We have it on video. They live in garages and vacant homes around the neighborhood. Mr. Wiedemann, when you were going around promoting your re-election, you witnessed this firsthand. I did. Here's how to get rid of them. Take care of issue one and issue two will go right with them. Which brings up the third issue, the speeding. There's no regard to the speed limit, which is 25 miles per hour, and no one stops at the stop signs. What can be done, and since we have no sidewalks, kids ride their bikes in the streets and someone's gonna get hit. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Since it seems the police are at a loss on what to do, the residents want to know what the township is going to do to help correct this. We understand that these issues will not get resolved overnight or may need to be discussed be discussed offline. But it has been three years or longer and nothing has changed. It's only getting worse. Someone is going to get hurt. Um uh, we wanted to come to this meeting to address our community concerns as it seems we are always overlooked finally i'll close with a quote from coretta scott king the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members thank
0: you thank you miss carpenter and thank you very much for bringing that to our attention this is something we need to do do a lot of things about. The neighborhood watch sessions that used to go on were stopped because of COVID. I think it would be helpful for that to resume. We've reopened the building up there. We need to get those going again. Uh, Sergeant Sovereign, if you could bring that to Lieutenant Tarzan attention and and Mr. Bitterman as well. Mm -hmm. Let's get that going ASAP, first of all. But that's that's not a solution to this by itself of course obviously uh the the canna which you brought up that's that's a new term to me and that's fascinating i i don't know if that's something as a township we are authorized to do because townships don't have the authority municipalities have in some instances in ohio but we are a home rule township so we do have sort of a mixture of authority maybe there is something we can do i don't know if mr miller is familiar with that or Sergeant Sovereign as to that I um, know that
6: we've done it with the Drake Hotel something similar to that with Draco Hill hotel being a nuisance property And I know that there's been talk about it with the carousel but I don't know about an individual residence we've ever had anything like that happen I don't think we've done anything like that countywide as far as
0: I'm aware yeah and maybe the county does have that authority on the other hand too but scholar do you are you familiar with the concept and I'm is it something
2: only uh, only kind of on the on the periphery so I'd like to research that more
0: let's let's do that
2: um, you know I, I currently from a zoning standpoint you know the, the township is very much a complaint driven um, you know process so we do follow up on the complaints we receive sometimes we have to abate them because we don't see the activity taking place you know when we when we get up there um, Certainly, zoning is a slower process than, you know, other police powers and actual law enforcement. Um, but you know, if we want to talk about some kind of targeted enforcement zone, working with the community, I'm I'm, I'm certainly open to, to to options. But as it stands right now, township wide, we're we're complaint based only.
0: All right. Well, let's so. let's get working on what we can do to be proactive here, because this is clearly a problem problem in High Point. The, it, we also don't have the authority, for the most part, to um, enact criminal ordinances in a township. We can enact civil fines for certain things, but we have to rely on the county and state law for other things here. If we need to have a special work session meeting to talk about this this yeah. is worth doing though to pursue to brainstorm some ideas as to what to do with this uh the homelessness also is there something else we can do to alleviate that
6: they're on again off again homeless they have people there that they stay with stay there for the while and they're we're aware of many of those people that are homeless mm. but they also are as i say they're on again off again they'll stay with somebody for a while then they'll be out of the house i know some of the several of the people that would fall into that category
0: so, if someone's out in the park, sleeping in the park, fornicating in the park, whatever. That would be
6: an arrestable offense. So, uh, catching them fornicating in the park would be something we would have taken into custody for.
0: Do they need to be caught in a flagrant delicto? Or, or something it, very close to it. it. Okay. Uh, we've got this wonderful fiber system and cameras all over the mm-hmm. township. Do we have the ability to monitor the parks there for what's going on? They're
8: not actually in the park, they
3: go, oh. behind, they go behind the, behind the, park. the, the park. railroad okay. tracks. They go They've been camping out on the railroad tracks. If I remember, if I remember yes. our conversation.
8: They were building their own houses back
3: yes, here. and I think the um, when we spoke, the uh, I think I I don't know if you saw Bitter, uh, um, Officer Bitterman did come immediately after that. I called him and, uh, right. but I'm not sure exactly what happened there
8: Nothing.
3: because uh, I know he was walking around with that wire. Which I had to go clean
8: up because it was stolen and thrown on our property. Okay and i went and cleaned it all up threw it in
3: the garbage can they got it back out of the garbage can and then went back behind the park i uh, i did give uh, uh our, ins- our uh, in- inspector zoning inspector i did give him seven properties to look at uh, from people that i had talked to relative to um, alleged drug use mm-hmm. um, people living in structures that don't have plumbing um, a number of things included in that was the was the um, uh, the the location behind aircraft were up okay. on the tracks as well. So uh, he is looking into that. Okay.
2: Thank you. All right. So they- I'm sure you see Mr. Kevin Clark up there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The the black SUV. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I went to several of those meetings over the years, the Community Watch meetings, and uh, Bitterman. I know one that the theme seems to be that when they would arrest somebody, uh, that person would beat uh, Bitterman back yes. to the high point and they, the court system just let them out right. so they're not enforcing it so there's got to be something we can do
6: there not much that we can do we can only arrest them for the crime whatever happens in court happens in court
0: right and there are evidence that issues with yeah. and government. that's the other issue is that we, when we
8: call the police and they do come they don't want to make a report because like they said they get out before I even get back so I've kind of wasted their time, everybody's time, and then they
5: come back and they start on us again. And well, get someone is going to get hurt. Yeah. Yes, I want that on
8: record. <laughs> and I'm hoping it's not going to be me and it's going to yeah. be the other person. <laughs> well, thank
0: you for bringing this to our attention. Keep re- bringing it to our attention, please. This is not something solvable right here in this moment, obviously, right. but we will take action on this and hold us accountable for this, please. But uh as i said if we need to have a special meeting to talk about some of this let's do it Let's brainstorm what we can do and let's take action here <coughs> and let's get a neighborhood watch meeting on the calendar next month if that's possible or later I'll this week tomorrow if that's possible that'd be so, good yeah all right very good thank you thank you yeah and uh is there anyone else who had signed up to speak or anyone else who knows sir. to do that all right, all right then um and, and i will note for the record typically we limit public comments to four minutes uh but this was an important issue and we appreciate you bringing it to us so we let you go on here obviously so thank you all right uh moving on then uh, to sheriff's patrol report anything else to <laughs> talk about i think we've <laughs> covered a lot I'm jump in here oh, before sorry. the sheriff's report
4: <laughs> this is involving the sheriff um, and this will seem minor compared to what stacy just said but uh kate brower bell as a resident in Sycamore Township, and uh, she posted on social media on Sunday, for anyone who thinks racial intimidation doesn't happen here, my 13-year-old son, who is himself a person of color, was at a birthday party today at Bechtold Park for a friend of his who was African-American. Most of the children attending were African-American, biracial, or Hispanic. There was a white woman whose fence butted up against the park. For the duration of the party, she hung over her fence yelling racial slurs at the children, making repeated grotesque sexual gestures and draping a Trump sign over the fence. The children, she was screaming at were ages 3 to 14, attending a birthday party for a 13-year-old girl. We did call the police to report her, but I'm sharing this here for anyone in the area. I'm so ashamed that this happens in our America. And she gave me the the address was on social media on Plainfield Road. And the sheriff's deputy, she did report, did respond. And the response was situation under control. And that was about it with that. And But seeing this, there were dozens of comments on social media. And I told this Kate uh, Brower-Bell that I would mention this. Uh, this shouldn't be tolerated here or anywhere. But uh, what can be done? I'm not specifically
6: aware of the incident you're talking about. I was working on Sunday. Certainly, disorderly conduct would fit that category of uh, someone's being that way. The problem with, with it being is disorderly conduct <laughs> on one's own property is a very fine line to walk. It's hard to be disorderly in your own property, your own space. Now, if you're intruding or you're going into the park space, that would certainly be something that could be meted out with a fine, a citation, uh, if it pers- persistent activity that could be arrested for it. Like I said i'm not specifically aware of the situation you're talking about but it sounds like something where something should have been done i'll have to look into it and see what what the actual yeah, result have, was
4: i do there's there's a street street address and i won't give it to you off the side but um apparently it's a rental property too okay so maybe scholar there's something we can do i we can do with that uh we'll look into that
6: so
2: so renters and renters and property owners whoever whoever's the occupant of the property they, they essentially have the same property rights you know as far as you know what they can and can't do on their own property um, we, we certainly don't discriminate between the, the the two types of occupants so but um, yeah I mean when, when somebody disgusting. when somebody's being obnoxious and and uh, uh, inflammatory like that I would first thing I would do is call the sheriff's department hmm.
4: And they did respond. To the I'll have to, like I said, I'll have
6: to look into it, it. I'm not familiar with the situation. I can't give any intelligent oh, comments sure. on it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, what do you have to report
6: tonight? Uh, we don't have anything specific to report on, anything that's uh, directly <laughs> impacting the community. We do have the active shooter drills coming up this week at Molar and at Kentwood Town Center. So if anybody sees any crazy activity going on by the schools, that will be just drills uh, this week that are coming up.
0: All right any questions for him I I do have one it may be for you or for Tracy here in a few minutes too but I had a resident in Heitmeyer bring to my attention that um, there are some residents who have young kids and they're concerned about their kids playing of course and traffic coming by so they have those little signs that are the little plastic guy with the Mm flag saying caution kids or whatever Uh, but they've been putting them actually on the street side of the curb which you're not supposed to obstruct the street with anything other than a vehicle, of course. And the, the resident asked me to do something about it or bring it to attention of the township. I don't know what there is specifically we can do. We don't want to ticket someone for trying to protect their children, for goodness sake. But what should a resident do who is concerned that traffic is constrained? Should they call the sheriff's office? If
6: it's obstructing the roadway, they can call us. Chances are we'll just have some words with them and talk to them about yeah. placing injurious material. It. Right.
3: But, uh, okay. Thank
6: Usually you. we try to meet something out like that with, you know, a discussion rather than right. Yeah.
0: All right, thanks.
4: Well, since, since we have Skyler and we have the, the sergeant, uh, I was in Dillonville today and a fellow at, um, on Wex, Wexford, the corner of Wexford and Mantell was upset. Then a couple of neighbors were upset. Uh, again, it goes back to Deer Park Auto. I, I called Skyler. Mm-hmm. Skyler has gone on the phone with a gentleman to explain things. But um, and they, they are, Deer, Deer Park Auto has been doing this and the guy said, well, if it was a trustee, in his neighborhood it probably wouldn't happen he said wait a second we had a trustee three three houses down for 24 years and it continued to happen um there is a car on wexford i was looking at the cars he said just look for temporary plates and there was an expiration on october 3rd on a couple of those so i don't know if you can
6: we can cite them but once again that's one of those tricky things you have a resident that lives there especially with covid coming out they've just recently uh relaxed restrictions on going to get your license plates. Those were extended in, uh, indefinitely until like July this, this year. So we're just coming out of that period where it wasn't required to go renew your license plates. We've just come out of that period as of the end of July or the beginning of July. So sometimes temporary plates a good telltale sign and sometimes it's not. Um, and once again, we get to that situation where if we're going to ticket cars that are on the streets, sometimes it's better to find out if the car actually belongs there, belongs to somebody on the street. And unfortunately, that is a little time consuming process. We have to tag the car, see if the car moves, give it a couple, of, a couple of days before you go out there and start towing cars, things like that.
0: You now, if this does relate back to the auto shop, on the other hand, we have a court order in place that provides for enforcement, Mr. Desai, don't it's we? It's
6: just saying which cars belong to the auto shop and which cars are somebody else's that are on the street. Yeah. That's what the hard part's always to prove.
1: That's correct. You guys don't.
2: Okay. Uh, you guys don't actually mark tires anymore, right?
6: No, we don't usually mark tires. We usually put the stickers on there for the abandoned vehicle tag, the abandoned vehicle stickers. Yeah, there's some. That way, if cases about tire somebody somebody sees it on their car, hopefully they'll have the common sense yeah. or the good sense to move the car.
4: And you can't impound the car. Uh,
6: not unless not for something like that. We just cite it for.
4: There are junk vehicle
2: statutes. Uh, you know, as as we've discussed multiple times, there's there's certain criteria that has to yeah. be. Uh, you know that we have to be able to identify you now it has to be an older vehicle at least three years older than current make um, cannot have current uh, it, it you know the, the tags have to be expired and it has to appear inoperable mm-hmm. so and it's not it's not a,
0: you know, <laughs> one or the it's, other it's, 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 it's not an easy three. fix no. right
6: that's why it's been going on for the way it so. has it's not an easy fix
0: all, thank right. You. all right well thank you very much uh, Chief Penny is away on vacation this week. Does anybody have a fire or EMS report to give?
9: Uh, I think you got sent something uh, earlier today uh, about uh, a lady who made a donation of $1,000 to the fire department because of the great care that our guys and girls were giving her mother as she was struggling with uh, illness at the end of her life. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Chief Penny can't remember ever getting, you know, other than plates of cookies and things. Uh, but she wrote a very nice note, and uh, you all got copies of it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to read it in the public meeting, but.
3: Um, it was
0: very generous of the family and of, of her, apparently. The yes. daughter said her mother wanted something to be done. Uh, right. She really liked our guys, even though they tracked snow in sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs>
9: <laughs> and uh, Chief Penny wrote a nice letter back to them. Oh, good. Good.
0: Yeah, excellent. All right. uh well we'll move on here then to roads maintenance and recreation so who's up first for that uh, mr patty with a parks update okay jason would you mind stepping to a microphone to do that yeah. since we're recording thank you all
10: right thanks gentlemen i have a. Uh An update from the Parks Advisory Committee meeting that we had last Monday. Uh, We talked about and discussed several different things. One of the things that we uh, asked that you guys uh, approve tonight was the 2022 calendar of events, which basically would be a movie and a concert once a month through the months of June, July, August, and September. Uh, The concert would be the second Saturday of the month. The movie would be the fourth Saturday of each month. Um, the dates are not necessarily set in stone. We had some discussion about, we may have to move some of the dates around. We didn't wanna put our events on the same dates as uh, other municipalities events and whatnot, but the two events a month is what we would like to do now. Um, and also having a um, our own movie screen for the uh, for the movies we rented the movie screen or we didn't rent the movie screen we uh, we paid fun flicks to come out and show the movies for us and each time they came out to show the movies for us it was uh, almost $800 a, t- a time per occurrence so the movie screen we could get on our own would be uh, just a little over $4,000 and we'd be able to show the movies whenever we wanted to wherever we wanted to so I think the the advisory committee feels like it's something that would be beneficial to the township to have ourselves. So those were the two things that uh, that we had asked the the boards uh, consideration on on approving. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to uh, to let you guys know is JT Riley will be leaving the committee. He's actually going to be moving out of uh, Sycamore Township possibly by the end of uh, by the end of the year. So we'll be opening up a vacancy. Uh, for the advisory committee. and So I'd like to get that on the website and Facebook and, and all of our avenues. And uh, the, uh, the student from MND, Elle Seeger, uh, I, I spoke about it a few months ago. She wanted to do a service project in one of our parks. She was gonna clean up uh, some trash or whatnot, but we we're actually gonna uh, have her do some invasive species uh, removal at Bechtold Park on the nature trail. And I worked with uh, Deepak on getting uh, a, a waiver for them to sign out. So anybody who's gonna be there will fill out a waiver. And um, those are gonna be this coming weekend, October 9th and 10th. So other than that, that's all I got, if you guys have any questions. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um,
3: the The screen that you're proposing to purchase for $4,000, Yeah. Will, will that be able to be play uh, movie be played and seen on that in the daylight? No. Yeah, I think, this, I, I think, I noticed a real challenge with us starting in June, July and even August at 9 p.m. because a lot of kids, for the movies we we're showing, a lot of kids are already going to bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, parents typically, and I think that might be part of the reason why we had low attendance at a lot of those because yeah. their parents are, te- or they're not gonna stay up till 11 o'clock that night to, watch a, to finish a movie. And uh, so if there's a way we can find uh, to to get one of those screens that where you can see it in the daylight, I think that'd probably be helpful to be able to start a lot earlier so that we have the ability to. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know. I think you were originally you were talking about maybe doing the concerts at one venue and the uh, movies at another. Is
10: that is correct? Yeah. So my my uh, my hope is that we could have all of the movies at McDaniel Sports Complex and have the concerts at Beckhold uh... it just seemed like a better venue that would i'd have a place to keep the screen on location at mcdaniel i also have the popcorn machine is at mcdaniel it'd be easier to do concessions out of that building um, it's a it's a more wide open uh... park for the movie itself i think uh... and and i think really one of the things that we needed to do was probably you know if we know ahead of time that we're going to do this we would have a better opportunity to uh... you know to, to announce it or get it out you know on on different social media get on our website earlier in the year than we did this year so
3: i know that the the screen was facing the west in mcdaniel i believe and is there a way that we might be able to figure out how to face it in a different direction so it's not the the, this the uh the sun is not coming from the west as it sets and still be able to maybe start a little earlier
10: yeah, we could definitely try. We could okay. definitely try to put it in some different areas. I'm not sure it. where that
3: good, best place is, but yeah. you, you would know better than I would. We, we
10: had it in that area originally. That's uh, that was the least light, so there was a few lights around the pavilion. So I, that's the first reason I okay. put it there was because of light. Because any any light that is shining close by, it it just shows up on the screen.
2: Jason, Jason uh, the the four thousand dollars that that's a full AV kit, right? Yeah. That's the, that's yeah.
10: the yeah. projector and everything. The screen, yeah. projector, the PA system—that's everything that you would need to yeah. to start yeah. it up. And so, so
2: we looked at that projector earlier today. It's a it's a fairly kind of middle of the road projector. You can always go with a brighter screen or a brighter projector to kind of combat some of that. Is it the projector or the screen or both? It's mostly a projector. It's it's all about lumens. You know okay. the you know like a like a meeting room projector. You want to have a you know. For indoors you want to have three thousand lumens to okay. kinda of combat the lights in sure. here. You know, broad daylight or you know, even dusk, um, you now you probably wanna amp that up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think the one we were looking at was forty five hundred, but we can we can go up from there.
3: Well, so. I just think I just think if you want to get good participation you're going to you have to make sure that you start it early enough so mm-hmm. kids you're not starting it after their bedtime's already over mm-hmm. and they're in bed. And that's and I think that it was one of the reasons why we had limited participation yeah. in the past. Yeah, so.
10: yeah and I, I would imagine, too, that we, it was it was something that was very new to the township. We've never done it before. So I would think the, the more often that we do it, I think it will be better uh, attended. And uh, with limiting the number of movies that we're going to show, I think we would be able to spend a little bit more money on the, the movie itself. So we, if we have our own screen, and we're not spending almost $800 to have a company come and show it. We could probably get some movies that just came out last season that might, that might bring attendance up a little bit as well.
4: I think the jump from 4,000 was pretty high to one that you could do during the daytime. It was a pretty big, big jump, wasn't it? Like 16,000 or something, some enormous jump. For a that, to do that that
10: was for the company to come out and show it. Okay. So yeah, for the for FunFlix to come out and put the movie on with an out like a, a daytime screen was much more expensive. I don't remember what the price was right off offhand, but it was. I've not priced one for us to purchase okay. for a daytime show. Well, if you can
0: check into that, that, yeah. that yeah. would be valuable to be able to start earlier. The other option might be put the screen within a shelter somehow where it's shaded a bit wherever it is, but that limits the Enjoyment of being of outside to watch yeah. it if if you can't stage it right then Yeah, because
10: the one the one that FunFlix has is going to be very similar to the one that this price is for and It would not fit in any of our shelters yeah. that we currently have
1: mm-hmm.
4: so. The other problem was when the movie starts when it gets dark mm-hmm. and So everybody was confused about that
10: Yeah, yeah, we had the movie starting at dusk, so there were a couple of times that when the time you know, when the when the sun started to set earlier Mm. and we would show the movie a little bit earlier, some people were showing up later. Some people were showing up at nine when the movie was almost halfway through, so Yeah it
0: was exploring the options here. This is good. And you know, this past year was sort of an ad hoc thing we did to try to get people outside during COVID not knowing what was even going to happen in the summer because things weren't really opening back up at the time we started planning it and then other communities did things too. So this has been an experiment. Now we've learned and we can do it even better next year. So it's good that you're planning for all of this now. I think the calendar uh, idea you've got there as to the number of things to do makes sense also and having Bands at Bechtol movies at McDaniel makes sense. So good work. Thank you. Good work to the committee and thanks to Mr. Riley for serving. Um, yeah. I, I I asked Beth Gunderson today if she would put in our next email blast that we send out monthly that um, we have these citizen committees and we're always looking for volunteers for them of course but we'll have an opening in this one we think coming up later this year but if anybody's interested in it or the finance committee or serving in some other way to let us know too so maybe we'll get some other candidates for that too yeah. so do you need approval from us as to anything right now not yet okay. no not necessarily
10: I just want the calendar of events and the screen was really what I just wanted to make sure that We were okay to to
0: move forward with looking into that that's all i have very good thank you thanks tracy what else have you got for us any road work going on this summer just
3: a little
1: bit so uh, as as you know uh mill is moving forward Uh, we uh the weather is affecting us a little we are pouring concrete right now Uh, we're looking at the end of this month to do the full depth reclamation we're really going do pushing the calendar uh in order to get this done and get it paid but uh, the guys are working as as hard as they can the you know this time of year you never know what you're going to get with weather mm-hmm. now, obviously they can't pour concrete in the rain and they can't reclimate either so uh but uh we're still pushing to get this done so uh, i think we're going to make it let's let's pray for good weather mm-hmm. So other than that, I want to bring something to you tonight. Uh, Skylar, if you could put that up. Uh, I talked to Deepak today. I sent him something about uh, MSD has uh, sent me something, that, and I went out and talked to him. They are looking to put a sewer line on Alwoods Lane. So Alwoods and Keller, that section is all septic. So obviously... Uh, it all gets all septic systems get inspected every year by Hamilton County Public Health. If you have problems, you have to fix it. Sometimes that can get very expensive. So a property owner contacted MSD, said we'd like to have sewers. So uh, MSD started talking to all the neighbors. Uh, if, as you know, where Alwoods is, it's down a hill. Behind Alwoods, the terrain is very steep. Goes down into a creek they cannot put the sewer down there so they have to run it uphill to Keller out Keller until they can hit the sewer and it feeds by gravity. So in order to do that this main has to be a forced main. So in order to do that everybody's going to have a pump. So this sewer line will be going up. alwoods And the sewer line will be full most of the time because it only pushes out what gets pushed into it. So this that you see in front of you is an odor control unit. And this odor control unit is filled with a bioxide solution that I'm not a chemist, but they say it's not toxic. Uh, it's, uh, that is forced into the main every so often to take care of odors. So there is no odors for the community. For their neighbors so the problem is this will be in the right of way so as you can see this one you're looking at this is an anderson township i went out and looked at this there are two tanks here Our, we will only have one because this has two different chemicals you can see in the background this has a shower because the chemicals that are in there are toxic mm-hmm. we will not need that because it's a different chemical that it's not toxic But the tank will be twice that big. It's 1,050 gallons, 74 inches high. So they are in uh, design right now. And this is what they have come to us with. This is basically what they would like to put. As you can see, this is very close to the road. Owlwoods does not have a curb line. So you're talking about some kind of structure here that's a foot 18 inches behind the pavement with Mm -hmm. no curb. So my concern was liability somebody running off the road somebody hitting it uh, so I, I asked him who was pushing this so they pulled the area because because to get to where they're at they need at least 50 percent of the residents to to approve of it before they even go to design <clears throat> so there's 23 residents affected with this 67 percent were in support of it. so that's why they've come to us because uh, they've gone as far as they can with design until we either approve it or we tell them, no, you need to get an easement on a private piece of property. Now, if they get an easement, it's going to take them a while. They would prefer not to get an easement just because it's easier for them to have it in the right of way. So, my question was, is this like any other utility in the right of way, like a telephone pole, a transformer, or is there some kind of liability? if somebody runs into these tanks and somebody gets hurt or, God forbid, killed. Uh, they said they would install bollards behind, in front of them. The problem being that bollard is going to be right on the edge oh, of the yeah. road. I mean, there is no room. Uh, they w- after, So after it's approved or, or they uh, go to get an easement, this is owned by MSD, so it's owned and maintained it's supposedly maintained by the county uh, you know the issues with MSD between the city and the county uh, there will be public hearings where everybody affected will be invited to the public hearing to give comments but that won't be until design is complete uh, right now they're only about 50 percent or 60 percent that I do have 60 percent drawings but this dotted line is the edge of the pavement you can see where it's going to be very close relationship, uh, right at the end of Alwoods at the top of the hill by Keller.
0: So this will be on Alwoods, not on Keller. This will be on Owlwoods in our right away, not so we in own
1: Alwoods, not yes. the county. All right. And I asked him, well, since it's owned and maintained by the county, why can't it go on the county right away on Keller? And there's a lot of drop-off there. They would
0: prefer to go on hardwood just because it's flatter and easier. Yeah. So if if they own it, you mean they own the equipment, but we still own the ground underneath? That's correct. Is there a possible arrangement where they own the ground and we cede that to them? And would that help with any liability concern? That's a question for Mr. Uh, DeSai, I suppose. For but for Mr. DeSai, not me. And would there be any reason to retain the right-of-way there otherwise anyway if that thing's sitting on it are we ever going to need that it's not like we're ever going to four-lane Elwood's. woods so
11: right <clears throat> um i, mean, I think uh, mr kelvin's did a really good job of outlining what some of our issues are with it um the other issue with it is the current agreement that they have before us has no provision for insurance um other than to the extent they they damage the right-of-way in the installation process they'll have insurance for that as you know uh, because of the revised code provisions regarding indemnity there's no indemnity clause in there for us Um, uh, there's not even a liability clause in there Uh, you know as as mr. Callum's mentioned you know we've got an obligation to keep uh, obstructions out of the right-of-way Technically, 18 inches off the right-of-way, I guess, is off the right-of-way. Um, but that off, the doesn't, pavement. It's off the pavement. It's, it's in the, the right-of-way. right-of-way. Yeah, okay. sorry, off the pavement, okay. uh, but it's in the right-of-way. And, and that doesn't give us the uh, level of comfort mm-hmm. that, that we would like with this. Um, the other things that just cross our minds are that they're telling us the solution they're using isn't toxic. They're telling us it's not considered a hazardous chemical um, But we don't have any independent verification of that. So let's say there was a wreck where that got hit and now there's a leak I mean under the contract there's nothing holding them accountable and You know if the EPA were to come in and determine that there was some type of remediation that needed to be done they're not going to care that it's MSDs. they're going to look to us and say you have to pay to remediate this Um, so you know and and I can give you probably another half dozen concerns I have over it and and I think mr. Collins probably would share those concerns we talked quite a bit about this we don't want to not be facilitative of what it is that the residents want on the other hand this is going to benefit uh, a group of individuals that uh, want to get rid of septic systems and their property may be just as suitable for the easement to put it on there um, you know MSD saying I'd prefer not to do that we prefer to use your your right-of-way uh, to me it's just not an acceptable answer you know well, we prefer that you not use our so I'm not um, saying we're we're you know we're recommending that it be shut down and that there be an absolute no but um, this is an ask that I think merits something more than the typical thing that would come through Tracy's department you know such as locating a utility pole or something of that nature Um, and it seemed prudent to bring it to the board and get the boards guidance on how the board would like to see this handled because it is a very novel um, you know utility um, structure infrastructure that's being introduced into the township that's going to be here forever Mm -hmm. and um, not something that um, you know we felt comfortable with just rubber stamping and moving along we think the board should probably understand what's on the table and it might even merit Um, having MSD come in here and do a presentation um, you know why this particular solution are there other solutions to the potential odor problem Uh, if this is the only solution why is it not feasible to locate it somewhere else why does it have to be located here
0: I, I think that's prudent to ask them to come in and demonstrate that. I have a few questions just from looking at the prototype photo there from the one in Anderson also. Um,
11: Which is not as big as the one we're going to get.
0: Right. And and the the fence surrounding that one with the gap at the bottom looked nice, but there's a gap at the bottom. So children can get in there. Other things could get in there. Who's going to keep that up? Does our zoning code actually control that if MSD is owning and operating? It's in right
2: away. It's, it's yeah. right away, so maintenance would, department would maintain it
0: okay
2: or or there would be an agreement with the msd would, yeah,
1: there would be an agreement they are responsible for yeah. all maintenance but assuming uh, it's but not the right of way, yeah. Yeah. assuming
0: it's not there and it is on a landowner's land too but still visible what control do we have Do the usual zoning rules, is to a fence in a yard or maintenance building or outbuilding apply these are all things to think about here who's who's uh Paying for all this in the end, too, or the, the resident residents are assessed. Uh, okay. So
1: I don't know what the total cost of this is, but he said <coughs> the residents are assessed up to twelve thousand dollars a piece for every resident. Wow. Okay. So I don't know what time
0: period that is spread out over. Yeah. I would imagine it's quite a few years. So those residents might prefer that the township is putting it the right way, so it doesn't cost them acquisition money, of course. But yeah.
3: I, I would encourage him to put it in the uh, county right away on Keller Road. Mm-hmm. While, while it may not be quite so convenient, I think it's uh, it, it relieves us of the liability that we might have. So I would encourage him to, to look at that as a plan B to ensure that we don't have to worry about liability.
1: And my concern was noise also, what is, what's he, I went out and looked at this, I have talked to the guy at Anderson he said, to tell you the truth, I forgot it's there, I've never gotten one complaint. Really. But it's obviously a different area, as you can <laughs> see here. It' Nice and residential, flat. I mean, we're talking a wooded area. Yeah. Keller's, I mean, MSD's owned by the county or run by the county or run by the city. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> who owns them anymore, but it makes sense that it would be in there right away to me.
3: Yeah. Right, I agree. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So. And I asked them about insurance. And they are, said, well, you know, we we are self-insured as the city of Cincinnati, but he couldn't give me an answer as to what they
0: would (laughs) cover. Their check will clear, is what he's saying? Yeah, it's in the mail. (laughs) For now, yeah.
11: (laughs) So I think, you know, um, what we're looking for is some direction from the board tonight, and I'm hearing two things. One is that perhaps we have MSD come in and do a presentation. On the need to locate it on Owl woods Lane. The other that I heard uh, is well, let's just tell them uh, that they need to put it into off the right way on Keller Road.
0: I, I think they should come and present as to how wonderful it's going to look on Keller Road or why it can't go there and why we should consider anything else. I, I think that's what Mr. Weidman was saying essentially, too, is that's where it should be. Mr. Labarber, do you mm-hmm. need it? Okay. Yeah.
11: I don't think we need a motion on that. I think Mr. Kellens can contact them and get the appropriate point person to come out and do a presentation at a board meeting, correct? Yes.
4: That's and that shower, that's, that's there for a reason.
1: Yeah, but that's a different it's one, Different, like I said. different, yeah. different chemicals. Did a, so. a chemical burn. There not be a shower on
3: ours. Yeah, we don't want someone living in there.
1: It's, a, chemical it's,
3: right. a, it's a different it's chemical. Different
1: chemical. Yeah. Yeah. They're right. saying it's a non-toxic yes. Make it a bit. So the MSDS sheet says to handle, you just use glasses and gloves. No need for a face shield, mm-hmm. suit, any of that, mm-hmm. Un- unlike what is in there which you need all protection body protection there because that was my first question why is there a shower here
0: what do you got in these tanks mm. so all right, all right. anything else Tracy I, uh,
1: yes I have a resolution uh, we have some obsolete we, we want to auction off uh, some equipment that we are not in need of anymore uh, the resolution attached to it on the back is exhibit a uh, dump truck a couple mores. then we have the old servers, the old uh, phone equipment from the old the old uh, system that's no longer in use. So I'll read the resolution a resolution declaring township property as surplus and obsolete and authorizing its disposition dispense with a second reading declaring an emergency motion.
4: Second.
0: All right. We have a motion and a second. Uh, so, am, am I correct that the the goal here is to dispose of this? If we can sell it, we'll do that. If not, we'll yes. We are going to
1: auction try to attempt to auction them all first, mm-hmm. and if we don't
0: get anything, in, then they'll be disposed of. Yeah. Okay. Any discussion from anyone? All right, Mr. Porter, would you call the roll? Mr. La Barber. aye.
3: Mr. James, aye. Mr. Reed, aye. All right,
0: anything else, Mr. Kellams? Yes, sir, that's it. All right. All right, I'll just note the work is looking great on Coogler Mill. Sidewalks are already paved in some places, and the deadly curb curve there where it hits Montgomery Road has moved over a few feet, which is the best development of an entire property, I think. <laughs> so yeah, there will be a, will be a turn a line killer. there to help yeah. with that traffic. Excellent. All right moving on then uh next we have planning and zoning report mr miller
2: sir uh no some nuisance, nuisance properties to report tonight uh fortunately um zoning commission met on september 30th to discuss the uh the proposed uh land use plan and uh, uh some modest text amendments to uh to our zoning resolution uh, i think there was some good productive work on that uh, but we're not at a position yet where they were comfortable making a recommendation uh, to move forward to um, a public hearing with the trustees Uh, we actually added a a policy area uh, to to focus on um, kind of fine-tuning development along Montgomery Road north of Galbraith and uh, um, kind of up to Kennedy so along that corridor that we've had some um, We'll say sensitive development issues in the last year so uh, we're focusing on that a little bit we have the we have the language together I'm merging it all back so it can be vetted by them uh, and we're looking for county comments before we take it to uh, to trustees at this point so that that'll be coming
0: so uh, so what does that mean as to fine-tuning though I'm, I'm just curious is there something in mind specifically I know there's been controversy about various proposals there next to the retail center where it used to be residential, we've looked at some of those turns. Yeah, down so there. what
2: we're doing is we're we're actually defining a uh, a development corridor along Montgomery Road uh, that would allow for um, you know office institutional uses, but it actually restricts. So even though the land use plan calls for it to be office, it's not unlimited office as defined by the zoning resolution. It's uh, it would be restricted in intensity, mm-hmm. um, and it. Uh, you know essentially call it um, I think we're at 8,000 8, square feet of, of, uh, of net floor area per acre
10: mm-hmm.
2: you know for for office uh, reduction of you know maximum height of two stories residential roofs and our, our uh, excuse me an architecture where available and it essentially encourages people to use the the PUD process as opposed to uh, any type of straight zoning Euclidean zoning for for future development along that corridor. Very so good. Uh, reasonable still promoting development yet, uh, you know, the yet, yet focusing on establishing that balance between pro development and protection of existing uh, residential areas, you know, really trying to uh, uh, You know push for that that additional buffer area and transition.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the language is done I just have to merge it um, into the document, get county comments, and, and take it back to them. But
0: let, let me encourage you, if this is possible, to contact some of the people in the neighborhood behind there who are always so vocal when there are proposals there to uh, uh, take a look at this. I have,
2: I've actually thank had uh, numerous contacts with uh, uh, some residents there and also their, their attorney that they mm-hmm. still have mm-hmm. uh, on retainer. So I'm, I'm working with that neighborhood. Great, thank you. Yep. Uh, other than that, uh, we do have a date change for our October zoning commission meeting. Uh, we were not going to have quorum on the 12th so that's been moved to the 21st uh, and no business in front of zoning
0: uh, board of zoning appeals. And that's all I have All right Very good any questions from mr. Miller from anybody All right thanks. Uh, moving on law director report.
11: Uh, thank you mr. chair other than what we discussed about the uh, Alwoods Lane project um, the only other thing I would mention to uh, the board and of course to the residents is there are a number of pieces of legislation moving through the state assembly that uh, have impact on on home rule power so um, would just encourage everybody to keep track of those and uh, to give your input to uh, your local representatives as you see fit regarding your views on those items Uh, but there are several of them out there that are of importance that are moving through
0: the state assembly. Thank you very much. Any questions for Mr. Desai? All right. Uh, Administrator report.
9: Okay first up uh, is the annual ritual of accepting the rates uh, that have to do with the levies as a part of the tax budget process. This is the way it usually goes. We submit the budget they come back and tell us what they think it's going to be, and then uh, it, uh, they send this document back uh, for the board to adopt. It's a resolution, and I will read it. Resolution accepting the amounts and rates as determined by the Budget Commission and authorizing the necessary tax levies and certifying them to the county auditor.
4: Motion. Second.
9: Any discussion?
0: All right, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye.
9: Next, I have a resolution that uh, transfers some funds uh, from the general fund to the general obligation debt service fund. This is done every year. Um, The uh, uh, principal and interest is paid out of that uh, uh, general obligation fund and the general fund transfers the money to it. So uh, it's time to do that because we'll be uh, making these payments shortly. The resolution reads a resolution authorizing and directing transfers of funds to reconcile budgets and appropriations and dispensing with a second reading. Motion.
4: Second.
0: All right. And I'll just note for the record the transfer here is $37,499.16. Any discussion from anyone? If not, Mr. Porter, we call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarber. Aye.
9: Mr. James?
0: Aye. Mr. Weedman?
3: Aye. Thank
9: you. I have uh, a couple of large POs. Uh, first one is uh, to A A Safety, and uh, this is for the uh, uh, putting the uh, crosswalks back on Montgomery Road. The uh, you approved this with a resolution on June 1st of this year, and so now we're just uh, exercising the uh, purchase order the amount is two hundred and thirty eight thousand six hundred and six dollars and fifty cents
3: motion to approve
4: second
0: just refresh my uh, memory here i'm going back and looked at the resolution this is the amount we approved going in i had in my head we were spending more like 140 or so on this no and fifty all right and is that done in terms of what we're paying for the white stripes aren't back there yet it's not time. done Okay, is this the final payment for this? Though that we're approved? This is just the PO. Yeah. Okay, to be ready to pay it. I, okay, all right. Any further discussion from anyone?
4: So we're not going to pay this until they do it. Correct. Okay. So so that, so that sure. That's <laughs> the key part. Sure. Yeah.
0: The purchase order just gives
9: him the ability to move forward. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, Mr. Porter, we call the roll. Mr. La Barber. Aye. Mr. James.
3: Aye. Mr. Ewing.
9: Aye. And we have a. Uh, Purchase order uh, for Bowling Green State University. This was fire officer uh, three class for 16 firefighters, and it comes to $6,300. Motion to
4: approve. Second.
0: Any discussion? Mr. Porter?
4: Mr. Barber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weaver?
3: Aye.
9: We looked back into the minutes, and we did not officially. Cancel the November 2nd meeting. So we're going to ask the board to entertain that this evening. Staff is prepared to uh, be able to handle all of our business with one meeting in November. If something comes up uh, that uh, out of the ordinary, then we'll reserve the right to try to call a special meeting. But i uh, like the board to uh, uh, pass a motion to cancel the November 2nd. I'll
3: make a motion we cancel the November 2nd meeting.
4: And second, I'll second it.
0: All right, and just for the record, that is election day, and I think two of the trustees here will be very busy that day. So uh, any further discussion as to that? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weaver?
9: Aye. I have nothing further.
0: All right, any questions for Mr. Work? All right, fiscal officer report. Yes, we had receipts of $523,944.34, disbursements of $332,117.04. A complete listing of uh, the receipts and disbursements is available in the packet.
3: Motion to approve.
4: Second.
0: Any discussion? Mr. Porter, call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarber. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right, trustee comments. Mr. Weedman. I don't have any today. All right, Mr. Barbara
4: Okay, just want to mention that Kenwood Town Center welcoming a group of new stores. Some are opening their first uh, ever locations in the state of Ohio. English Shoemaker, Dr. Martin's, opened a store on the first level near Dillard's. Um, California based women's clothing chain, Windsor, coming to the mall. Special occasion dresses, casual wear styles. Shoes, accessories, high-end watch retailer, watches of Switzerland, opening its first location in Ohio, at Kenwood Mattress Showroom, Purple opening a store, carrying the uh, comfort products, mattresses, pillows, etc., and a Capital One Cafe is coming to the mall, combination of a coffee shop and a banking center. People are free to go inside, book a free uh, money coaching session, getting banking assistance, or grab a coffee and go to work.
0: All right. Just a few comments from me. First of all, I'd like to thank Ms. Carpenter for bringing all of that to our attention about uh, what's going on in High Point, and we will be following up on that. So thank you very much for doing that. Um, And thanks for serving everybody else in your community by coming down here to do that, to tell us. So thank you. Um, A few other things. Uh, There is an election coming up November 2nd, of course, and the County Board of Elections needs poll workers. each party typically brings in poll workers. I know the Republican Party has been sending out entreaties to me and many others saying, please help us find poll workers. It's actually a paid position for people to go out and work the polls. Uh, the Democratic Party, I'm certain, is looking for people, too. So if someone out there watching or someone here in the audience knows someone who's interested in being a paid poll worker that day, it's not a partisan position while you're there. You're supposed to be impartial in what you're doing. Uh, but please contact the Board of Elections in Hamilton County and help out with that if you can uh, because this is something you know we all need there at the polls to make it easy for everyone to vote um it is of course election season so it's silly season so check out everything you're told that uh, you hear from someone or that you hear someone said Um, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going around one crazy thing that went out from some radio host to one of our neighborhoods I hope isn't going to jeopardize the levy their school systems having now it had to do with money and now people are commenting on nextdoor.com that their school system seems to have plenty of money and I don't think that's necessarily the case there but uh, Check things out that you're told, anyway. Don't believe anything any politician tells you. Uh, So with that noted, uh, the date change uh, we have on the calendar for the Zoning Commission, Mr. Miller already mentioned. Check our calendar for anything else that's going on. And I'd like to thank everyone who came out this evening to speak publicly. We do have an executive session on the agenda here. So I'm going to move now to adjourn into executive session with Law Director Deepak Depay as sorry, Deepak Desai as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22 to discuss sale of township properties.
9: And And I believe there's an
3: additional
0: item. Oh, there is. Oh, I'm sorry. And secondarily, Oh, and matters required to be kept confidential by federal law. Second. All right. Uh, Any discussion? Mr. Porter, we call the roll.
4: Mr. LaBarbera? Aye.
0: Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Aye. All right. I will note that it is currently 8.12 p.m. on October 5th, 2021. We are adjourning into executive session and will return and uh, we will invite the trustees, Mr. Porter, Mr. Desai, Mr. Warwick, Mr. Kellens, and Mr. Miller. And please uh, invite Beth Gunderson. Beth Gunderson. And Beth Gunderson be as, well. as well. All right. Thank you. You're good. All right. We are back from executive session at 8.53 p.m. on Tuesday, October 5th. Mr. Porter, would you call the roll, please? Yes. Uh, Mr. LaBarbera? Here. Mr. James? Here.
3: Mr. Weedman? Present. And do we have any motion? Yes. I'd like to make a motion that we authorize the addition of the drug Resorok, uh spelled R-E-Z-U-R-O-C-K, to be added as an exception to our health plan through December 31st, 2021.
4: Second.
0: Any discussion, Mr. Porter? We call the roll, please. Mr. Labarbera, aye. Mr. James,
3: aye. Mr. Weedman? aye. And I will make a motion to adjourn.
4: There's a second.
0: All in favor? Aye. 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 And we are adjourned at 8:54 p.m. on Tuesday, October 5th. Everybody, stay safe. Thanks.